welcome to episode 330 of Texting, hosted by myself, Justin Vincent, and Jason Roberts. Today is Saturday, February the 8th. It is 9.16 a.m. in the Bat Cave uh, mansion. And um, I'm sitting here with Jason, and he, he gets mad at me every time I say a mansion. Okay, it's not a mansion. It's just a tiny little house. <laughs> How are you doing? Doing all right. Well, we're still live. You, tell me what what's that all about the coronavirus is oh, coronavirus yeah. is is coming oh my gosh yeah coming but apparently it's not like it's not a major i mean okay listening to no agenda according to them you still listen to that huh yeah i do i do yeah, yeah i call i had a friend of mine he listens to that too i hadn't thought of that show in like eight years and according to them it's just like oh it's another one we remember sars we remember the uh, you know we remember bird flu like that and every every time a virus like this comes they say look this is just the media trying to get a lot of attention if you actually look at it look at the numbers it's not anywhere near as bad as it's not as scary as people say so the the difference is of course is that sars killed about 10 percent at a death rate of about 10 percent and um Mares, M-E-R-S, which is which, which was in North Africa. I think that was like a few years ago. Break out. They had a death death rate of about thirty percent. This has a death rate estimated about ten percent. I mean two percent. Two percent, right? However, it's it's um it has some things that uh, make it um you know dangerous in that it's it's it isn't contained. It isn't like there's just like ten people, right? There's like over thirty five thousand people now or something. Who yeah, have it. and um it it's uh, the respiratory diseases, of course, are, are easily transmissible. And it has an incubation period, which makes it harder to contain. And, and you don't know that you you don't know that you're spreading it. Yeah. So there's some debate about that, about whether like um, how much how much how much how many how much virus you you shed when you're pre symptomatic. You know, like mm-hmm. yes, you may shed some, but not enough that it's really that contagious. Whereas, of course, once you are coughing and sneezing and you know, it's all in your lungs. Like, yeah, when you're breathing and stuff within a couple meters, the droplets that are in the water can potentially, and not only that, not only affect the person in there, but with up to two hours afterwards. Huh? So it's like, you know, just walking into a room that somebody was in. Um, yeah, no, I think the good news though, is that there's only what 12 people in the U S and it doesn't seem like that's grown in the last few days. So it's not like in a lot of these countries, it's like, it's like pretty much contained outside of, uh, well, so, of China. so on, on no agenda, um, John Dvorak said that his son had done some deep analysis into it and come away with the opinion that um, it is affecting uh, Asian people more than anyone else. No, oh, that's true. Because you know, of because of the fact they have this gene that apparently helps helps um, with smoking. So so that so that this this sort of uh, part of gene in the lungs that helps them not get cancer is yeah. the same. Part that it that lung this, cancer no, it helps them forget them not get lung cancer. It's the same part that this virus is is hooking into. Yeah, no, I, I actually um, a friend of mine um, who's also really kind of been following this very closely. Yeah. he was telling me that that they've much more susceptibility to the uh, disease. It's not, it's not just of Asian descent; it's particular, uh, like from the Hunan province or something. I can't. I could be saying it wrong. Okay, but he's yeah, like, there's a yeah. particular, almost like sub. Um, demographic that's particularly so i don't know but it's it's interesting well, I think, you know obviously it's, it's 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 you know as they say like 30 to fifty thousand people die in the u.s last of year of the flu yeah. like ten thousand or 14 000, i can't remember i've died this year stuff like that so you're like thinking of the numbers you're like this is nothing although the one thing that is um alarming from the geopolitical thing is like um is like uh 
China is like the world's manufacturing department, right? It's so it's like, you know, all, all the stuff that's being imported to create whatever, whether it's cars or computers or whatever, you know, those that's a lot a lot of that stuff is coming from China. It's a big part of the supply chain. So when they just shut down that stuff for if they shut if that stuff gets shut down for like not just weeks but like months. Like they could have a major I feel so medical. smart because of listening to New Agenda. I can respond and say China isn't just a manufacturer, it's also a major consumer. That's and true, it's true. completely integrated into our society and that's why this is having a huge economic impact. That's true. Yeah, they're true. <laughs> they're the world's second largest economy. Yeah. yeah. So it's 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 a big deal. But I guess we'll see. We'll see. We'll see if we're alive for the next show. Oh well my at this gosh. rate at this rate, we do shows What's every six weeks? Yeah. Or, or once every week or once every other week. <laughs> Wait, not plan. once every other week. <clears throat> Didn't we plan? Well, we're, we kept oh, talking no, about yeah, doing well, it. Yeah. Every... Well, that can't happen with with me in the mountains unless we do by Skype. Right. We could do. Well, you were chatting. That's not what you told me before. You're like, oh, I'll come down. It's no big deal. Well, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're going to be down three times a week. We're going to be down four times. Oh, yeah. I'll come down every week. Yeah. So that's that's changed. Not 100%. How many times a but week? But let's put it this way. Let's put it this way. Georgie has mentioned, maybe we should get a little apartment in Pasadena. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> I should just, if I could trade you guys, if I could just sell every time you guys are buying, I mean, I would be, I'd be no, so no, it's I not, wish there was the, I wish it's not the, that we don't absolutely love it, but obviously, I mean, I, no, I already said, said last show, I think the commute's going to be an issue and I think that Georgie's underestimating it. Remember? Oh yeah, I did say that, right? Well, you agreed to me after the show when I talked to you about it. Oh, okay. You said at the show, and I said that I don't. I give you a year, or maybe different talk show. I give I give you a year. Yeah. Before you guys are like, this is just untenable. Yeah. It's too much. So, well, tell me about it. how how many times a week are you coming down? You've been there like two, three weeks now. Well, I'm. It's it's pretty good for me, but but she's she's commuting a lot. I'm just you yeah, don't come in town typically. I'm doing like one time a week. Maybe. Why do you come in town? Well, there's some there's some days where um. She needs to bring Jack in to school and then work. And so at that point, I'll need to be here to pick him up from school. Oh, because she's working past. Yeah, because she's up. working past Dina, yeah. And yeah. she comes down how many days a week? She's doing three to four days a week right now. And, she, and it's in and the hour and 15, is it hour and 15 minutes longer sometimes? No, it is actually an hour and 15. Because you know what? Um, the the car, There's a carpool lane the entire way down. And even even on the on crash days... That carpool lane stays relatively clear. Okay, so, so, so but it's she, still it's it is still actually getting, pretty good. I mean, but she can do carpool with Jack in the back. But it's still being kind of a grind. Uh, hour and yeah. fifteen minutes each way. She's kind I'd of say like, it's, yeah, yeah. She's starting to go. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's <laughs> yeah. Well, I I I don't like to. Uh, no, but look, I, I already said to you, like I had already said to you that this, and I'm pretty sure I said this on a show, like that. This is kind of a win-win because it's a way for us to get a house. Like we could be there for a year and then we could sort of go, okay, if it doesn't work, it doesn't matter because we could, we could rent, we could then Airbnb it, we could sell it. Like there's a lot of things we could do. It's not, yeah. it's not such a big investment that it's like, so, you know, socks your whole life away. It's actually probably quite a wise investment in, in many ways, okay. you know? Uh, how is it for you though, being up there? You said it's good for you. In what way is it good oh, for you? Oh, it's, it's incredible for me. Apart from the spiders. Spiders? Yeah, there's, spiders there's up so there? many spiders. I guess we, I guess with the cold, they all go into the night, the nice warm house. Uh, I mean, literally, they they like they have spider parties. <laughs> like I've seen like three or four spiders hanging out together. As I mean, three spiders is it's not an exaggeration. Just like 
just like all in one place. Really? Like, and they're about what? Two, Big ones? Two <laughs> inches, you know, and an inch and a half. Wow. Yeah, but they're not, they're just house spiders. They're not. Um, Maybe you should go back and watch the movie Arachnid. <laughs> and like, Learn how to get like. You'll just be sitting there and then, pew, a spider will drop from the ceiling on a thread. It's like, what the? F-? And you, you know, you, as soon, you know, you can, you move them out and the new ones come in. It's like crazy. What eats spiders? Uh, uh, you need to get one of those for a My pet. cat loves, pl- loves playing with them and essentially kills them. Okay. So, yeah. so you have a built-in predator. <laughs> um, but I'll tell you what, it's a really, really nice place to work. And also I've done a really great hack um, with my day job. Um, so I, you know how you know how I started working from like a, co- a co-working space? Well, you said there was a co-working... Oh, you mean we're in town? Yeah, in, in Pastina. In Pastina. I was working in But then you were talking space. about working in the lobby of this hotel. Local. Oh, did I talk about that on the show? You mentioned that. Oh, yeah. That's great. That's really good. So what, That's uh, a great hack. Is that where you go every day? Um, not every day, but probably three times a week. Why not every day? Um, sometimes I, sometimes I get into the flow in the morning and I'm sort of sitting down in the house by the fireplace, Georgie and Jack leave and it's like perfect. Okay. And it's just, I'm in the flow. There's a warm fire going. Sometimes you feel like a nut. It's just sometimes like, yeah, you don't. get it. Knock it down. Knock it down. Yeah. Okay. And so, and then the hotel used to like a half mile away or something. Yeah. It's just like, it takes uh, literally seven minutes to get there. So get by to the cyber ho- truck or by foot? By, by regular Audi Q5. <laughs> okay. So I get to the hotel. I like sit. I just put these headphones. See these headphones? Those are monsters. These Why are, do you have those monsters? These headphones? are called DT770Ms. They cover uh, half your Made head. by Bayer Dynamic. I cannot recommend these enough. They block out 32 dB of sound, which is essentially like putting in earplugs. Okay. Like they completely block out and the so world. So you wear those when you're working in that? Yeah, you cannot hear anything except for the music. So you can even have the music super low and be in a very loud environment. And it's mm. just like, it's like being in a tomb, you know? Um, they're very, very cool. Nice. Okay. So you, so you work, so that's what you'd wear at the hotel or is that what you yeah, wear at home? That's, when that's you're what I wear at the hotel. The yeah. No, I wear these ones by the fire, which are, um, they're, they're Samson SR850. Oh, they look almost identical. They have beautiful sound, but these are really light. So the, so the, the ones that block out all the sound are kind of heavy and they press against your head, like as if there's a, a quarterback just squishing, squishing your head together. Whereas these ones are very light. A quarterback. Like, <laughs> or like a sumo wrestler. <laughs> yeah, or right. Maybe a giant pterodactyl. Or... Wait, wait, is a quarterback a bad example because they're small? They're not. That's not a defensive line. I meant You're to say linebacker. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. a linebacker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Try try these on. It's like a it's Put like a place a kicker, like a whole squishes, squishes it together like a place kicker. Yeah, they uh, certainly felt like giant headphones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so are we sponsored by them or what? Are you just giving? No, no, you're no. Just giving, you're throwing away. You're throwing away money. No, just, we just had... giving. I guess throwing away money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that's great. That's a great work environment. And um, what else is there? Uh, that's nice because before you were sharing with a with with yeah, it's with nice, to, it's sister, nice to have, so our own have, have your own place. It's yeah. tough living with another family, especially when they have two little ones. And that we did that for like four years, so four which years. I always thought was insane. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, it was probably insane. This is this is good. This is good. This no, is a good, great then. yeah great okay. turnaround. All right, well, so Justin Vincent Mountain Man. So we'll uh, <laughs> we'll keep this storyline going for a while. When right. is the Cybertruck coming? Well, that that's not going to be here till 2021, at least. Well, 2021, the good news is that you have your one share of Tesla stock, right? No, I sold that. But you sold your one. You bought one share. In yeah, 2000, and you just I sold, sold it ages ago. Why? I don't know. But here's here's my question to you. Well, it's not a question. It's an observation. What the what the f is going on with Tesla? Oh my God! If you do, you still have your Tesla shares? Oh yeah. 
How many have you got? Most of them. No. I mean, sold just a tiny bit at one point, but we have just because we needed some. Liquid. You have all those Tesla shares. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So. Um, so you are doing well, pretty funny sweet, buddy. The three big investments I have. <laughs> the three big investments I have obviously are Uber, Tesla, and Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about walk a walk on the wild side. The volatility on our portfolio is insane. I mean, it's just like uh, for, uh, there. So you know, uh, the the Justin Skysick, the the intern. Yeah. He's he told me how he just he he's always just invested in like index funds and. He's a really smart guy, so obviously he does smart things like that, right? right. Young guys already saving a lot of money, putting, and so he finally took some money and he invested in Disney. I was like, "Ooh, getting wild there, right? <laughs> <laughs> Take a walk on the wild side." And I said, "You're not ready for big wig surfing, are you? You know, it's like you put your money in Tesla or something, and it's just like you, you are like entire net worth must go up and down by by thousands of percent, like." Well, not time. thousands of percent, but it goes down up and definitely. There's a lot of volatility. Wow! You just have to become sort of um, desensitized to it. You just have to. It's like with Tesla. You're like, look, this isn't like a two year investment. This isn't even a five year investment. This is like a thirty year investment for me. So you're going to stick with Tesla. You're just oh, going to yeah. keep that. Yeah, I'm just going to keep going. Now this is a, you, so if you go back and, and you replay the conversation that we had in 2012. Yeah. Which I did a while ago. Remember I told you I was, yeah, I was just yeah. curious about that. Yeah. And and the thing I said then was, what stock would I not invest in that my grandkids would come and be in disbelief that I'd invest in it. It's like if you were around with a Model T and you'd invest in Ford, yeah. or you're around in the late '80s and you'd invest in Microsoft, and your kids are like, "Are you an idiot?" Like it was wow. obvious it was going big, you know. And so I'm like the, and then I said, I said, you know, Tesla's the wait, one. Wait, 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 wait. It wasn't obvious it was going big. I mean, you bought at 24, 30, 30, like. That was not obvious to it, to most people. It was obvious. It was it it to me. I thought it was obvious. Yeah. Because yeah. of the uh, the magnitude of his vision, I thought his what he was trying to do. Um, I thought the strategic, the what he called the master plan. Everything made absolute perfect sense to me. And and he had already successfully put rockets into space, right? So I'm like, do you really want to bet against that guy? You know, I mean, this guy <laughs> is 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 tenacious beyond belief he's a he's an incredibly creative problem solver i mean he just he will never give up and i'm just like you don't want to fight against that guy it's like going against a terminator it's like he will not <laughs> stop until you are dead you know what i mean like he is not going to quit and it's like you know you don't bet against michael jordan in the playoffs you don't bet against you know uh elon musk and i was like that i mean it's not that's 100 but i wouldn't bet against him and by not investing in him you're in effect betting against him and i was like you know what i'll put my money behind him and um how he was going to do it all the nuances of course you couldn't predict all this stuff the gigafactories and and uh the over air updates and the auto you know the self-driving car i mean this stuff is just stuff that comes later but that's why that's okay i i i you know i, I realize i'm kind of going on a on a rant here so i'll let you butt in but one thing I'll, I'll say is that I, I, you know, a number of of my smartest, I would say, financially smartest friends, all missed it because I think they're looking at the wrong things. It's trying to, it's like trying to evaluate startups using like the metrics that were developed to look at established, large established companies in in, in well understood industries. It's like you can't look at a five person startup and go, well, what's their EBITDA? What's their debt to equity ratio? You know, this stuff is completely irrelevant. What is relevant 
is what space are they in? Are they in line with some mega trend? You know, that kind of stuff's important, but what's really important is the people. Are they, are they, are they winners? Are they the kind of people who just are going to figure it out one way or the other? And I think the one thing with Elon Musk, you look at him and you go, <laughs> this guy's, this guy's a winner. He's, you know, and uh, it's like, he cre- he, Tesla and Elon have created so much polarization, which is kind of interesting. Um, anybody who anybody who upsets the status quo is like going the, to upset is going to upset. And it's like, you know, and that's what I, one of my favorite sayings is: there is no edge in the status quo. Mm-hmm. If you want to have, make a return, if you want to make a difference, you have to buck the system. You have to do things in a different way. Yeah. And um, he does. He doesn't give a damn what anyone else thinks. Yeah. He doesn't care. He's like, he looks at it from his own perspective and said, look, this makes sense. This should work. We're going to do it. People are like, well, that's never been done or you can't do that. He's like, why? Because it's never been done before? That's not a good argument. Yeah, that's what I love about the first principle thinking. Yeah. and But, but most people are hemmed in by that. You know, it's, 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 it's pretty incredible. I keep seeing it in life all the time. And I just think what I would think of as people who I would think of as normally highly educated, highly intelligent. And I'm like, their thinking just has them, you know, um, really in a box and, uh, and they can't break out of it. Yeah. I mean, he must be thinking, God, all these people are so dumb. Why can't they understand this? <laughs> like, I don't understand I mean, why everybody's yeah. so dumb. Like, it's so obvious it's going to work. Um, so it sort of know. must be like living on NZT, you know, like <laughs> just just the world must look weird. For those who aren't aren't aware, that's a reference to the drug used in um, the brain enhancement drug used in the movie Limitless, which I love. Limitless is a great movie, but it must like I've said this before, and I'll say it again. But it must feel like living in an ancestral simulation for him. It must feel like his game. I, I, he's like, I'm clearly the most important person in the world, so I must therefore be the simulation because right, what's the probability exactly. that I would like, end up being... Like, what's, the, what's the probability that I could build and fly <laughs> rockets and build a car company and do all this stuff? But I think any, anything that's surreal, you think about it being surreal for a few minutes and then you're just going, you're like, all right, well, I'm just going with your life. Like, this it's is weird. It is, yeah. It's weird. It's like, it's like when Uber became a just giant monster company within a matter of like a couple years, which is half dozen of us and then all of a sudden it's i'm reading about it like i'm and the news like it's walmart or exxon and i'm like this is so weird and then you just stop after about saying that for about a minute you're like okay anyway yeah let's you know, just move, well, on. We'll move on like, what, what are you gonna do about it it's just it is weird it's... well yeah. so, so that that must make you feel pretty good because because not you know just just from the point of view as you as a founder and like your your risk um you know, building your own startup and now sort of having these multiple uh, cushions, as it were, like mm-hmm. cushions. Mm-hmm. So you must feel pretty good about Math Academy now. Like It certainly makes me feel better. Like, you know, Uber has obviously done, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't, you know, I, I, I can't say I wasn't, and you know, my nerves were on a little end when, when the Uber stock was crashing. Yeah. Week after week after week after week. And I was just like, oh my God. God, like, is this really what's going to happen? Because it was a non-zero chance that yeah. it could get, not go to zero, but it's just, you know. And, um, but I was like, you know, I believe in it. I still think there's a better ch- better chance. I think the fair value is not $25. I think the fair value is closer to 50 or more. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm not going to freak out and sell like a lot of people are. I'm just going to, you know. 
I think a lot of people hold in my your, nuts and a lot of people go. in your position would have sold. Yeah, almost they did a lot. You know, no, that's why a lot of them did. That's, that's why, why I went yeah, down. Yeah. But yeah. then you know, my thought at the time was like, you know, part of it was that a lot of people were looking for liquidity who were in the Uber stock. And so they were going to say, hey, I haven't had any liquidity in eight years or six years or how long I've been around at Uber. I'm going to, you know, I want to buy a house. I need to, you know, I want to, we're going to get married. We're going to do this. I want money. You know, our big hedge funds or whoever had the money were like, we need, we need to get diversified and get some liquidity because it, because it is a, a volatile stock. Right. And, but I, so I said, you know, I'm not going to sell in the first couple months, you know, because that's what's going to happen. Because what's going to happen is that, that, that happens right away. And then it creates a downtrend and then people start freaking out a little bit. And it's like, you have to let that pass. It's kind of what happened with Facebook as well. Right. Yeah, in a way. And and yeah. um yeah. But you so you're going to hold on to it for a couple of years. You're going to wait for it to get to that 50. Oh, I don't think it's going to take a couple of years. I mean, it's already over $40. Oh, great. So it's I, I haven't been watching it. So it's, Yeah, it's 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 it so it it IPO'd at like 40ish. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, and then it and then um by the time that I could act, the 6 month lockup for all the people who had stock from being employees or whatever yeah. could sell with the 6 months later it was down to like it hit like 30 20 on and then immediately just went like over a period of like a couple few months it just went you know down well, to like Travis 25 sold everything he yeah. sold everything in like the in like the 26 27 25 range like he didn't even bottom. care but he had so many he had you know so many shares that's that's a big well, he's chunk still of a multi-billionaire but yeah. there yeah. was an article just came out how he left a, even to price down he left over a billion dollars on the table yeah and um you know it, i think it partly was emotional for him right you know, and that's why when you behave emotionally, you don't tend to always make the best decisions. Well, he's he's moved on to his other cloud kitchens, his other projects, and he's yeah. yeah. But then over the period over the past, you know, whatever's couple months, it's been going up from twenty. You know, it just you know it just broke through forty or something because they had positive earnings. And they said, look, we're not we're not profitable yet, but we're much less unprofitable than we were. So and if- we 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 anticipate profitability this year. So if he had held on, he could have made, you know, thirty percent more. Yeah, which is like many billions, basically. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he could have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think he had like they, they. I think they they estimated his net worth at a couple billion or something. Got it. Right. Two 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 point five, and I think I just I just glanced at a headline on you know Google. And it was like a Forbes headline. It says something like Travis Kalanick left over a billion dollars on the table. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you never know these things, but he'd lost faith, you know, and I think, you know, like Dara is, was, has a different perspective on things. And Dara is a much more of a, you know, we're going to build a sustainable business. We're going to reach profitability. It's not a scorched earth, grow at all cost, you know, attack, attack, attack strategy, which is what Travis was. Travis is the Marines. Dara's yeah. regular army. Yeah. Right. And which is kind point, of what you want in a company. You have to make that transition anyway. You do. You do. It should have just been, it could have just been smoother. It could have been a little smoother, but yeah. I think you're either one kind of person or the other, typically. Yeah. yeah. And I think Darwas is demonstrating that he is very much, a, he's a smart guy and he's making smart decisions and he's going to get this thing to profitability. And now yeah. it's starting to change the narrative from, oh, so Uber is not just, yes, yeah, this fast growing thing, taking over the world, but they burn like $5 billion a year. They're never going to make money. That kind yeah. of narrative to, oh, they might actually get profitable. Oh, holy crap. So then you change that and then and then all of a sudden um, it starts going more and more into an uptrend. I mean, in fairness, he had a lot to work with. It's not like he yeah. didn't have much to work with. I mean, he had a lot to work with. When you've got that much 
that that many customers, transactions, all the different global reach all, on all everything, the, the global reach, Brand, all the different tentacles yeah. of the business. Yeah. Like you just chip away at each one, you yeah. know. It's just bit by bit. Being smart, yeah. like they sold their, they had some highly unprofitable food delivery business in India that they sold for, you know, I don't know, it was a couple billion dollars or something mm-hmm. like that, and then they. Um, they they definitely did some staff reduction. They realized we're going to pivot the company and we're going to let go, you know, a thousand people or something. Well, they don't need to do the same level of um, tech innovation. I mean, essentially, it's built to us. It's built to a certain point now. You know. Oh, I don't know about that. They didn't. I don't. They didn't re- de- 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 um, get rid of a lot. I said delete. <laughs> they didn't really get rid of a lot of tech <laughs> or, uh, developers. I think was interesting. Like marketing people. Huh. I think was the big. I think that was the big. But I mean, like, uh, isn't there a certain point where I mean, how? I don't know how much tech do you need to keep developing for something like this? It's so developed. It's so feature complete. You know what I'm saying? Uh, well, you could have said that. You could have said that about the you know Model S four years ago or something. And it's like there's there's always more you can do. It can always become something new. You have to continually reinvent yourself. Mm. Otherwise, you're going to become. Um, irrelevant in, in relatively short order. So you have to continue to innovate, add services, you know, add technical innovations. Okay. You know, otherwise the next generation will just, you know, leave you behind. I mean, you know, that's like, why did Facebook buy Instagram? Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't need Instagram. Yeah. But now it's like, they really didn't need Instagram. <laughs> you yeah. know, Instagram is like the younger audience is much more on Instagram. It's like right, right. mom and dad and grandma are on Facebook and a lot of established organizations and stuff. But, you know, a lot of the younger 20-somethings and are on and, and teens are on Instagram. Yeah. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, let's... So, so how is Math Academy? We haven't... I don't, I don't even remember an update about Math Academy from the last really? even two shows. Tell me, how is, how's it going? Uh, which part do you want to hear about the, do you want to hear about the software, the, the, the commercial venture? Or you want to hear about the district program? Both. Okay. Uh, well, okay. I'll, I'll talk about the district program for just a minute. So, um, on the, uh, on the plus side, it looks like we get, we get contacted by a, um, a foundation out of the blue that is interested in, in, in giving us a good chunk of money. Oh, that's so, a nice, nice way to be contacted. I can't say how much or who it is, but it was like one of these things that was just like completely unsolicited, out of the blue. That's and we're awesome. like, it'd be, it could be more money than we've ever raised. And they just love what we were doing. And, and they've they've already said it? Like it's it's a done deal kind of thing? Or? Yeah, it was a kind of thing. Like Sandy went in with, she's over at Passing Educational Foundation with the yeah top people over there. And they're all in the conference room. And, and the lady gets on and she's like, um, oh, I think we could start out with this. And oh, yeah. And, and they and Sandy, and they were going on the table to introduce themselves. Everyone around, you know, table to say, oh, I'm so and so. I'm this is my title. This is what I do. And then it got to Sandy. She's like, oh, I know all about you. I already, I Googled, I already read all about you. And, <laughs> <laughs> so she had already done her homework and yeah. was already a fan. And nice. So they're going to come by and, and have a, a visit and everything. So great. That is really good. Um, I was just looking at the website today. Oh, right. I was trying to find your address because I had to get an Uber here from from over there and I couldn't find your address so I just had to like well, drop, I would have my personal address no well the... because I thought it might I thought it might have you know a lot of people a lot of uh, like non-profits just list a postal address on their contact us page uh, I so see. I was checking that out but I but I I was noticing wow they, that about us page is pretty cool you know, there's a lot of good information on there oh, like it you. really makes me think this is a good good organization oh, thank you yeah. I think the design of the website is I think Michelle yeah nice did a uh, or Melissa? I'm sorry, Melissa. I always say that wrong. Melissa did right. a really great job on that. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I think things are going well. You know, I mean, one of the problems we had, one of our instructors had to take the rest of the year off for, you know, family issues. And um, so I had to, I had to scramble to find and train a substitute for the rest of the year. Yeah. Which was, uh, what's going on? You got technical issues here? No, I'm good. Okay. I'm just looking at that. Okay. So anyway, that, that was a huge, you know, thing I had to, I, well, I had to go cover the class for like a week or so. And then I had to get this guy. But what I've discovered is, is even though our pedagogy and curriculum are, are, I feel like are very straightforward. I think it's, it's to understand how we do things and everything, why, but getting all the instructors to do that is, is hard. Mm-hmm. It's really hard. And, you know, and you bring on someone new and you're trying to get them to do all this stuff and all the emails explain, okay, you do this and you do this. No, you don't do that. You do this. And then you, and you have to go back and forth and back and forth and they're still not getting it. And you're just like, <laughs> you know, why are you understanding this? But then I've seen even some of our existing instructors who've been with us for a year or two or three, I have to continually work with them and say, okay, I see you're doing X. You need to be doing Y. And this is why, you know, like there's, and, um, I don't know. It's uh, it's it's simultaneously like, well, I, it's 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 frustrating because you just want things to work, right? But um, it's just I don't know. I think people revert back to doing whatever maybe they were comfortable doing. They don't have the same foundational filters that you've got in your mind. You've got these foundational filters, and you aren't, and th- they help you understand why you need to do certain things in a certain way. They are lacking those. They haven't been through the experience that you've been. I guess that's so. why they just revert back. I guess so, and um, yeah, and they were back, and I'm like, look, <laughs> you know, you here's why you have to do review. Here's why it has to be spaced over time. Here's why you need to do multiple topics. Here's why you have to have the kids doing problems in class and not just lecturing. Here's, you know, it's like you have to keep going through that stuff. And um, I don't know, you know, I've I've kind of just I've kind of come to the conclusion that um, you can have people who are very very smart. I mean, mathematician high IQ smart, but doesn't mean that they're smart at everything. It doesn't mean everything that comes to you easily is going to come to them, which is sort of obvious, right? Everybody knows that people are smart in different ways. There isn't just like this one number that really captures the essence of how everybody thinks at all, you know? And as we know, there's some people who are very smart socially and some people are very smart analytically. And, and, and a lot of times they're completely inept on the other side, right? There's people who are just like organizational and social geniuses, but they can't solving a, 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 a simple algebra problem is just beyond them. Right. And, and, and vice versa. You have people who could just do, you know, the most advanced mathematics or physics, and they just have a really hard time trying to get work with people in a, in a, in a, in a sort of um, productive way. So anyway, <clears throat> it's, um, it's just, I guess it's something that, in, in part, I have to kind of come to terms with. Is it like a fire and forget? Like, okay, you guys, I've trained you guys. You're good. I don't have to check in on you. Like, I have to continually kind of stay on top of things if I want to maintain the uh, standards and everything. Is there, is there money for a QA person? No. That's I what, am the QA person. That's what the ideal would be, is if there was someone like, someone who you could impart your <coughs> QA knowledge to and somehow they was having like meetings with these people. And so what I have to do is I need to just like keep a watch on things on the system. And then I need to periodically go and just sit down on a class. 
that's that just has to happen. I was I was trying to do like a weekly call. We were doing that, and I just kind of decided that a weekly conference call was just not really productive. It was just sort of, hey, so how's it going with your class? Oh, yeah, it's good, blah, blah, blah. How's it going with your class? You yeah. know, it's just like, yeah, it, it's just kind of bullshit. And then I, 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 I really need to do is, okay, how, how, how far through the content have you done? How are the, how are the kids doing? Are there kids that are, are, there, are, are there a bunch of kids who are So you're them? having one-on-ones? I need to do more of that. So I'm starting to. Yeah, so maybe a monthly one-on-one with everyone. At least. Yeah, at least, yeah. At least. But the other thing we're going to do, one thing I just decided because... I think it's the only way to guarantee that they teach things in the way that we want them to is we're going to automate the syllabus, automate the assignments. Just like we have the, you know how I, we have the complete self, you know, self-directed, self-directed, but the complete automated course that you can take. Yeah. It'll automate that for a class. So essentially you as an instructor will go in and like, here are the topics for today. And, and are you going to say sort of, you, you're not going to say how to teach it though, or, or are you? Well, they, I can, you know, they, they, that's one of the things we train is how do you actually inst- in- instruct in class, right? I mean, you can explain the, the concept any way you want, you know, how do you, but one thing you do is you don't lecture for an hour, right? Yeah. You give a short introduction and you get the kids doing props because passive learning has been shown to be pretty ineffective. It only matters. The learning really happens when you start doing it. When Everybody can sit there and nod and go, yeah, I get it. And then they get up to the board and all of a sudden they realize they don't understand it. Yeah. And that's, that's the truth of the matter. And so... <clears throat> The more problems that you can do, challenging problems that you can do um, under um, supervision and, and with, a, with a tight feedback loop is the absolute most effective So way. are you sort of not seeing the rate of learning? With, with So you say, you're saying that essentially it's suboptimal. There's people keep on sort of falling back out of the, the, the math academy way. So are the students' uh, rate of learning um, going backwards because of that? Yeah. Or, Okay. Anytime you don't do these things, you're you're less effective. You're not covering as much material. You're not reviewing enough, so you're forgetting the stuff that you learned before. You're not doing enough problems. You're not doing enough problems in class. You know, all of those things add up to be having a less effective learning okay. experience yeah. and learning and learning less material. Yeah. And 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 and, and um, you know, and that's which you know, that's that's the key thing, right? How much have you learned? And yeah. and how well do you know it? And yeah. oh, by the way, do you remember what you did three, four, five, six months ago? All right. So that's Math Academy uh, in the yeah. school district. And the action plan is more one on ones. So what is. Well, the action plan, and of course, automating. Uh, this is a huge automating deal. The automating the syllabus. So it's Got like it. rather yeah. than them going just kind of, oh, well, I think I'll do this or I think I'll do that. And you're like, dude, why are you just doing one new topic? Or why did well, you. How does that know? technically work, automating the syllabus? So. Typically, what else, what a what a structure will do is they will say um, they will just kind of pick a new topic for the day or two topics for the day. So I'm going to cover this and this today. Yeah. Right. And then they go and they teach it, and then they maybe sit down, you know, after class or right after school, and they they create an assignment on the system, and this is or do three of these problems from this topic, five problems from this topic, you know. And ideally, they would pick like five or so problems from each of the new topics, and then like a couple problems from review topics from like. The day before, a week before, a week, few weeks before, a few months before, just kind of spreading it out, right? Yeah. Um, but I found that um, the instructors have a really hard time doing that. They just don't do it like they're supposed to. And so they're not doing spaced review. So guess right. what? They're not remembering what they learned, right? Okay. Or they do one topic a day for a few days. And you're like, what are you doing? 
Why are you only covering one topic? You should be covering two topics. Why? Because you can, because you're going too slow, you know? And so the only way, instead of me constantly having to send emails, here's what's wrong, here's what you need to fix, fix this, I'm going to just, it's going to put the thing on rails. You know, we're just putting the damn thing so on rails. So it's going to send an email on a Monday with the specific things, and that's going to go out to all the teachers. Well, actually, gonna, we're actually going to be coding up this week, and we actually did the first part of it. Justin's, you know, we've been kind of discussing this. He's been kind of working on it with me a little bit. And what we're going to do is they will um, probably the night before, the day before, it'll, uh, you'll go, it'll automatically create the assignment and say, here are the new topics. And then it'll, it'll you know, create the number of um, review. And so, uh, does that keep everyone in all the different <clears throat> schools in sync as well? Is that another good thing? Well, about I think what can ha that can happen too. Yeah, and what we can do is that they all have to be at a certain point, like every few months. Like you can take slightly different paths for the first three months. You know, if some kid has an assent, and when school has an assembly that day or a field trip, mm -hmm. you know, they're not one hundred percent in line and everything. Okay, you know, or you know, half the kids are out sick. Like you just can't cover a new topic that day. Like there has to be some flexibility. So is it like a pick? So is it like a pick? And you know, you. So you've got like a hundred topics that you've got to cover in X months and you can sort of pick them, the ones that but you want. But think about this, think about like only so many topics have been unlocked because you've done the prerequisites for those topics. So okay. there's there's like a hundred topics left to do in the next, you know, whatever, three months. But you've got to But unlock. there are seven that are available. And seven so what, that are available and you, and you have to, and you can do them in any order you want. Yeah, and the but, system will run yeah. through, what the system does, it runs through a simulation to find the most optimal way to get through them so that you're always covering at least two topics. They're diverse, except they're not too closely related. And uh, you in that in that you get you don't get yourself in a situation where because if you go in the wrong order, you get a situation where you can only do one topic a day because you don't have enough topics unlocked. And because some topics are foundational, some topics are prerequisites for other topics. All and, almost all of them are prerequisites. Rather. And does it? Okay, that's that's cool. Yeah, I I want to do your programs one day. <laughs> by the way, I'm excited for that. Um, does it then also? sort of a week later do the spaced concept so it'll send yes. them back now re retest re retest this topic and it's and it adapts to every kid okay oh wow yeah, yeah and every kid and how well they've done and and, yeah. and so what we'll probably do is it'll probably have not as much flexibility at first because we just want to get this ready for school on tuesday monday's a holiday so we have a couple days yeah and then um and then after that i might give a little bit of leeway but it's like we have to get this stuff done in time period there's mm -hmm. no negotiation and it has to be done this way and because you know because instructors can be like oh you know well you know we did this we did that and i'm like that for, you know who you know if, the, if this doesn't work and kids don't learn this whose fault is it ultimately it's mine right the program who, who's going to suffer the program's going to suffer you know people are like oh you know my son didn't do well on the and the ap exam ap calculus exam why you know it's like well, i can tell you why <laughs> they didn't do any damn review you know, yeah, right. or they okay. didn't do this. They didn't get the, you know, it's like, okay, so since I know that, we have to enforce those you things. You have to address it, yeah. Either that or I go sit in the class every day I mean, with my arms great, crossed and it's say. It's great that you understand, you understand and can can foretell, foreshadow the problems. That's really good. Yeah, well, I, yeah, so anyway, we're going to kind of fix all that. I mean, I, would, I, I guess I was a little optimistic and I thought, oh, you know, I just kind of train them up for a couple of days. They get it. It's not that hard. And then they'll be good to go. And then I'm just discovering that's not really the case. You're just discovering that if people can let you down, they will let you down. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, you know, and they don't mean to. It's just like, here's what yeah. happens is that, is that everybody kind of has, you know, it's like kids don't want to do homework. Mm -hmm. They don't want to eat their vegetables. Nobody wants to do leg day. Nobody wants to do cardio. Right. 
But problem is you got to do those things if you want the results you want. You want to lose weight? Do you want to be in shape? You know, do you want to get a you under test? You have to do those things. Right. Okay. And for an instructor, he's like, oh, you know, I just want to cover this new material because that's fun. It's like, well, you got to do all this review stuff. That's not fun. I don't want to go through a cycle review. Right. You know, I, so it's easy for them to just take this optimistic view. I'm going to round up. Oh, they should remember it. They don't. And you're not, and, and unless they're being held accountable, they'll just kind of conveniently just kind of blow it off. So what about the software side of things? Well, one thing I want to say, the, the, the in, uh, one thing we're doing also to sort of enforce that a lot of the things that, that are happening happen, or a lot of things that we want to happen happen, which is the continuous review of stuff, yeah. is that we're going to have an end of year test for every grade level, even in the high school, which, so like if you're in ninth grade, and you're taking linear algebra and multivariate calculus, you're going to end of your test is going to cover that as well as calculus and pre-calculus and everything else. Now, you weren't doing that before? We weren't doing an end of your test for, like we didn't do an end of your test for ninth grade. So, you, so because you just, and so they just sort of went through it and then did straight onto the AP calculus stuff. Well, the, AP calculus in eighth grade. So they did that, right? Calculus okay. in eighth grade. Yeah. So then they, but the problem is if you don't cover that, they, they start forgetting it. And so, um, you know, I had uh, Justin uh, go and um, with Colby sit down. And I said, I want you to go through everything that he should know from algebra up through multivariate calculus, linear algebra, up through even, you know, the stuff they learned this year, differential equations and abstract algebra. And he spent like two hours just going through. They went through like 115 problems or something covering, spanning it. And he was, he was like, Ugh, he's forgotten a lot. And I was like, exactly. And so then I went to Haran, who teaches the and I said, "You absolutely have to start reviewing. You actually you need to create a, a review assignment every single night for everything they've they've done for why over does, a period of time." Why does Justin remember it? Uh, he's continually tutoring it. Right. He, you know, I mean, he plus he's gone way beyond it, and when you go way beyond it, all the prerequisites for this stuff you learn kind of lock in a little bit more. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, but also when you're you're tutoring kids, you know, and you have half any, you know, three to five tutoring clients and you're at all different levels in calculus and linear algebra and whatever and trig, you're, you know, it's always kept fresh. Yeah. yeah. You know, and. Um, so how, what, what percentage it, yeah. of, of it does Colby, you know, rusty on? <clears throat> I don't know percentage wise, but there are a lot. They like he, 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 there was like a, a list of like oh, I can think of a spreadsheet, and he was like yellow or red or green. There was a lot of yellow, and there was some red. <laughs> there were a lot of red. It was just like kind of dicey. Now stuff starts to come back without too much work, but if you don't, it's going to fade in and go red, and you're just going to go, yeah, I have no recollection of learning that. So are you going to? That sounds like something that could be automatable. What you just described, exactly, and that will be all automated. Yeah, starting next year, that'll be fully automated. So. Um, so like a review, so so it'll be like a review thing, and it'll put it'll cr auto create the yellow and the red, and, and it'll be based on how every kid is, and every kid will be reviewing different things. Every kid has different strengths and weaknesses. So what I wanted to ask you was about the software. Uh -huh. Did you did you get that audio thing done? You know the I haven't like, gotten to that yet because oh, okay. So the two, the thing I had to do first was yeah. um, so what we're doing is. Uh, every course is broken into a series of, it consists of a series of topics that are broken into a tree of prerequisites, okay? Yeah. Um, and every topic is essentially like a tutorial that's like a one and a half to two page tutorial. Yeah. Or one, you know, 
uh, followed by, you know, five practice questions of, of escalating difficulty. And what I've discovered is that kids will sometimes just try and skim the tutorial, kind of half read it or not read it, and then maybe may or may not do some of the practice problems, yeah. and then launch into the assignment, and they're just doing it wrong. And okay. then they don't do well on the assignment. And it's like, well, that was stupid. But kids will do stupid things. If kids you let don't them read stuff. instructions. Who knew? Right. So I'm like, you know, we have to enforce they do it right, which means we make it like a wizard. Step one, read this very short paragraph or two. Okay. Step two, do this practice problem. Got Step it. three, read a little bit more. See an example. Do a practice problem. So we step them through. So by the time they get through it, it's like, and then if they if they struggle with one, we could say, oh, let's do another practice problem. Let's give you another shot at it. That is something that I've been discussing with Mark on the new podcast, Reactor, which is this concept of progressive rendering. So it's sort of like, that's exactly what you're talking about. You sort of show them the blurred version and then you get into more detail, mm -hmm. you know, as, as, you, as you go through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, so, and that's how you, and that's I think how the brain absorbs stuff. Yeah, you get just the vague idea about things, but you do it in small chunks, and you break it. And for learning, what you want to do is you break it into passive and active. I read a, a paragraph or two about this idea. Yeah. Then maybe I look and I try and I and I look an example and I kind of follow follow it in my mind, sort of semi-active but still passive. Then I actually have to do a problem. But what's it doing now? What's the software doing now? Well, right now it's just like okay, here's your assignment. Yeah. And here are the two two here are the two new topics of the day, along with our view topics. You click on the links of the new topics yeah. or not, right? Right. And then you go and you theoretically would read through the tutorial and do some practice questions okay. and do that. And then start the assignment. So if you're not particularly conscientious, you're not particularly disciplined, you might be like, you might just kind of like, oh, here's a new let me just Let's glance just at it. Test. Yeah. Oh, I think I get it. And then you go and you screw up the questions. So how and now you've now, now the system is sort of whereas yeah. This is this I mean is this a major major rework because you have like thousands of questions and Well, it's not it's not a rework of the questions, a rework of the tutorial. So basically what you're doing is you're splitting up the, each tutorial into three or four chunks and you're okay. interspersing with questions. questions. But you're you're doing it so it's structured. It's not just like a document. So like if you get a question wrong, the system can react and say, "Oh, let's do another question like Hi. that. Let's give you another shot." Some... Good dog. So Oh. You're, we're, we're being invaded by the dogs. So I'm just trying to compute this in my brain. You have how many tutorials? Well, I, I to, every topic has a tutorial. Well, let's just say our BC Calculus has 239 topics, 239 tutorials. And we have, we have Algebra 1, Geometry, Algebra 2, Trigonometry. So 1,000 tutorials? And then with linear algebra, yeah, well over twelve hundred. Okay, so how how are you going to physically uh, split up a thousand tutorials into four parts and get relevant Question. questions working? I build an authoring tool. Yeah. Where um, you already have built this, or yeah, yeah. Okay. As a, I have a few little bugs I just got to knock out, but basically, it's the V one will work okay. and. And you just kind of like, it's kind of like an insert question, insert tutorial, drag, reorder them, whatever, you know, and then preview it and it'll bring it up and you oh, can cool. insert audio. And, and so you can have the um, content for the tutorial in one tab or in one window and you could just say, oh, I'm going to take this first chunk, add a, you know, tutorial segment. Okay, insert this question. This, I mean, you could, you could literally, if you didn't edit the tutorial, you could do it in three minutes. So each one of the thousand you can do in three minutes. Yeah. So, yeah. 
that's cool so so you've yeah I, I like that so basically foundational change is is big change so you've kept everything small it's all in very small units um your editor can open up can just drag in and then drag in new um questions and you can do that in three minutes and then you can change a giant data set mm -hmm. in in barely in not very much time a couple of weeks yeah, and then you know, we'll probably do a little bit of editing the tutorials. Probably just a little bit. You can, you know, once you break it into segments, you realize, oh, we can add a sentence or two here and do a little bit of improvements. But I, I told Justin, I was like, you know, I want to make this go fast. Like we can go through and add improvements later, but we, I, we just need to get this done. First. It's the kind of thing that Pearson could never do. You know, yeah, it just takes too much like, time, it's too just, much effort. It, They're not going to do that. Well, it's just, it's just because you're because you're small and nimble, and it's just you coding the software. You can mm -hmm. just go in and make that change. And it's also you thinking, you know, controlling what, what everyone does. Well, because our eye is on, like, what works? Right. What's our weakness? What's our point of weakness? Oh, my, my kid went through the lesson. They didn't understand it. Why didn't they understand it? Oh, they didn't do the practice questions. Or, you know, we can't even tell what they did because they're just kind of, it's just they can do this stuff or not do it. It's like we have to really make it step by step. And, you know, it's, this isn't like a breakthrough, the idea that you would have, like, a, a, learn, a wizard you know, step-by-step -step process of learning something. But I think we're going to, um, it's clear it needs to happen and we can and we can make it work really, but it's really well. But po it's possible for you to make system-wide giant changes. Yeah. Because you built everything from the ground up. You know every part of the this, this software. Well, I didn't. I, of course, I had I had uh, Civilod, that, or the Civilod Collective well, working you, on it. And, yeah. now they, and now I've basically taken over. You've, you've taken over and you, well, you, you spec'd it out and you said, You've got to the point where you've probably, you know, recoded or refactored like most of what they did. So now you it, deeply yeah. know it, right? There are some parts. Well, that's one thing that took me a little longer to build the authoring tool than I thought because I had to go back and rebuild a lot of pieces that I thought I could just repurpose. Like, oh, these modules are there, and they were just like horribly written. Uh, and you know, I had I've, to. I had I've to experienced it. like even even schema decisions that are made mm -hmm. during very early. The early phase, they the never first go away. month wait. Yeah, they never go away and they cause more, more and more problems. If, if it's the wrong scheme of choice, it can cause more and more problems and it just compounds and compounds. And it's so difficult to change it. Um, so, yeah. And then you go under the knife for six weeks. Instead <laughs> of like, right. This should have been like three or four days and it's taking yeah. six weeks because, oh, it's like pulling a thread out of a sweater. It's like, oh, I got to fix this. Oh, crap, I got to fix this. And it's just, but if you don't fix it, you can't make forward progress. You can't do anything. Yeah. So what yeah. I end up doing for some of the stuff is I said, well, instead of rebuilding the stuff that all this other stuff depends on, I'm going to build a parallel module that will work the way it should work with the new stuff, and then I can go back later and replace. Yeah, there's that's exactly how. To, that's but that's the perfect way to do it. Because I was just like, yeah. you know, I can't, I can't take the risk of breaking. Of, yeah, else. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I do that all the time. Just like copy paste the entire module. And then just like rebuild it, re re rework it. Yeah, yes. that's nice. Yeah. So and then it, what a funny thing is that you took you look at code that just took, you know, I mean it was like almost a code compression of like ten to one, like something that was a thousand lines is really a hundred lines. <laughs> and not only was it a thousand lines, but it was in four different files with weird names, and some were in functions, and some were global variables, and some were. And then you you read yours, and it's like anybody can come look at this in the three minutes. Go, oh yeah, I get it. That's easy. I it's it's funny that you say that. I just was working on the. the 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 company that I work for, my day job is a company called True Space. Yep. And um, as I've been working uh, with them for the last, I don't know, five months, six months, 
I've been doing more and more code. So I've, I wrote a little tool to like examine how much code I've done. So it, it goes through all the lines and it says, so I've seen, I, about two weeks ago, I'd written 30,000 lines of code. Yes. I'm like, that's, that's a lot of code. I've written a lot of code. And I was almost, you know, thinking, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to maybe tell the team, oh, I've done 30,000 lines of code. Anyway, it's two weeks later and now I run it and it's 26,000 lines of code. I'm like, yeah. yeah lines of code is not a good is metric not a for productivity. Like yeah. the more I go on, the less it's going to get, right? It's just, it starts off like a jumbled mess of spaghetti and then it gets better as you refactor it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. You, you don't want to like, the, the, Joel Spolsky wrote this funny article about that about, I don't know, 15 years ago. And, you know, like the different metrics that companies use to, you know, to analyze the performance of their developers and lines of code. You, well, then you just write time. If you, if you reward people financially based on lines of code, then you will write lots, lots of lines of, of code. Lines of code. Man, I, I can make this. That, yeah. Or if it's fixed bugs, if it's bug fixes, what do you do? You, you file every little thing as a bug fix yeah. and you fix it. You know, I mean, you can you can game it in any in, in all these different ways. So it's it's really really hard to come up with these metrics that aren't gameable that in fact don't have an unintended consequence that's just worse than what than doing nothing. You really just got to be like, you know, it's like you have the subjective measures like what is great code? Is this does it do the does it does it um, perform like we want it to perform? Um, is it does it have is it is it relatively bug free? Is it stable? Is it is the code clean? Is it understandable? I mean, all this kind of stuff. But there's also but there's also more nuance to it because for, the reason why I did this in the first place was because I was I was demoing all the work that I'd done, and obviously, well, not obviously, but the team really liked it mm -hmm. and said, it's so simple. It's so simple and so easy. And it's just, it's just such a small, simple process. And I, you know, and you like, you have no idea how hard it is <laughs> like, to get it that way. Wait a second. How, how can I like quantify like that? I haven't just been sitting on my ass doing nothing. Like this is really a lot of work here. Yeah. And so then I thought maybe I'll do, you know, maybe I'll just see how much code there is. But then, then that is now going down. So everything is simplification. So, how do you quantify something when the better it gets, the less it gets? How less do you code. sort of less code? The, code, the, be, the, the best code is the code that is there, right? But it's right? not just the code; it's the interface. Like yeah. so, so when I started out creating the, pro, the little piece that I was creating now, it consisted of you know many many different screens and different things. And then it just gradually got whittled down to one page, yeah. even the UI. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's like... I mean, if, uh, yeah, I, I, other than the fact that people go, yeah, this is an awesome product. Yeah, this I think is great. Anyway. Like, yeah. And I say it's really, really hard to create great stuff in any domain, in, in, in software, and, you know, particularly hard. And I think, you know, it's, there's not only there's the UI aspect of things, that's a whole other discussion about yeah. how you make things simple, how hard it is to create something that's relatively complex or unclear, you know, undefined and make this really clean, simple, intuitive, you know, thing. That's hard. And then taking code that does it, that is someone that a, that a non-expert coder can come in and look at, who's unfamiliar with the code best, can come in and look at it and go, oh yeah, totally, this is easy. Yeah. That is like, you're really, a master. That's really, That's really your difficult. true master if you can do that. And, and, and one of the mistakes that I, I saw this happen at Uber too, it's like you'd have these whip smart um, coders who are like, you know, code in two, three, four years and they're reading all the latest stuff. And then they want to like over abstract and over generalize. It's like, what's well, that one function? And then this calls this and it's this recursive thing. You look at it and you're like, who the hell's going to understand this? Yeah. I, I, I'd done this ever one time. So I was working with um, <laughs> my buddy Amos, and Amos is probably like 20 six or so i mean really smart guy right and he ended up running the all real-time team of like 100 guys at, at one point yeah and um 
But and this is probably like he had been working over like, I don't know, three years, maybe four years out of school. And, you know, I and you had to do peer review with everyone. So you couldn't just check in code. You had to say, hey, check, you know, you do a pull request. And and I said to him, and I had some different functions that were kind of similar, but they did slightly different things. And he's like, oh, you should like, uh, you should combine all that and have that one function as this. And I was just like, you know, and he, he was really, I'm just like, all right, man, like, whatever. If you really want that, I'll do it. I said, but this is a mistake because you can look at my code and yeah, it's a hundred, you know, let's, let's just say it's 500 lines instead of 350, but you can look at it and it's very clear by the names of the functions and the variables it has to exactly what it does, exactly how it behaves. Now you, you, you combine this stuff you know, to, you know, one ring to rule them all. And, and you have to be super, super smart, not only from like a, like a technical side to understand how the clever JavaScript is working, right? You have to use more advanced idioms, but you really have to understand the domain to say, oh, these are the kind of things that should be happening in this module. And that's what's going on here. And it's like, that's bad because if you, when, when someone comes in and has to edit that code later, to make extensions on it, do other stuff, which always happens. Somebody's come in later, modules never done, and they don't have the the insight on both the problem domain and the and the and the JavaScript. They're going to make a mistake when they change it, and they're going to have problems. And it's going to rather than fixing something and or adding something in fifteen minutes, it's going to bleed out into like a day and a half. Well, it's got a, it's got a, a not. I mean, I completely agree. But additionally, the fact that um, it's it's sort of it each function as you've written it is like a like a sort of cohesive unit that does one thing right well abstracted you have to send in multiple inputs which mm -hmm. basically creates a lot more room for error yeah. because you know if it can have all sorts of different inputs and all sorts of different outputs like you know is it all fully unit tested for all the inputs and the outputs and all the different stuff that it can do so that's all you know that's an extra level of um problem that it creates yeah i try and idiot proof my code and when I say idiot proof, I mean proof it against my future idiot self. Yes. I come I in, I go like... That's the, that is the one person I was like, who's, be kind to your future self. Be kind to, yeah. Because your future self is going to forget a lot of the like assumptions and little things that you know right yeah. now because yeah. stuff won't be uploaded into RAM. And, and you're probably going to make... Whenever you're working on this, Ken, it's going to be some small, minor tweak of something you forgot to include. So you need to be able to look at it and go, oh, okay, just add this. And um, It's when you're in the zone. Like even, even speak, which is like very complicated, a lot of stuff. Yeah. You know, I just went and had a look at it the other day. I mean, man, I only wrote that stuff a few months ago and I'm like, what the F is that what, doing? What am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, you know, well, coding see, for yourself, yeah. And that's why I think, like, younger coders haven't had as, that experience as many times. They haven't burnt, they haven't, like, shot themselves in the foot enough yeah, to go, yeah. okay, let's just keep this real simple, yeah. right? Like, whatever, because whatever you think you're gaining, you're probably not, because this doesn't, none of this affects the performance at all but it's from these 500 lines or 350 lines has is going to have zero impact on anything you're doing um and uh yeah it's just interesting i mean it's just kind of like coding wisdom it's like you just have to have you know accumulated a lot of scar tissue and be like okay i've i've just uh, i don't want to suffer this anymore i want stuff to just work all right i've got something for you mm -hmm. okay hold on a sec oh yeah he's standing up ladies and gentlemen Hang on are a you gonna do like jumping jacks or what's the no what is that? That is a, a continuous glucose monitor that's plugged into my body. Holy, so you're a cyborg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, so you have glucose monitor, so it's like a patch. Look, it's like, like a like a two and a half inch diameter patch 
that's kind of right in your kind of side of your abdomen. Yeah. Well, it could and, be in my arm. I, it was in my arm for the first 10 days. It, so you switch it out every 10 days. Okay. And um, then on the, on the phone. And choose your glucose. There's like, you know, just a completely every five minutes. Wow. It's like super Fitbit. Yeah. So every five minutes. Wait a minute. Okay. So, um, and, and this is something you got through your doctor or? Yeah, this is, this is through, um, United Healthcare. I guess they're doing it to people with diabetes. As opposed to like having to prick yourself on the finger yeah. three times a day or yeah. five times a day. But it's just, it's, it's, it's crazy insight into yourself. Like you can sort of look, you know, like I just, I just had some, uh, Starbucks oatmeal there and then there you, you can go. sort of Shut think, up. like that. Yeah. You can really sort of see it. That's really cool. Is it helping you? Uh, yeah, changing it, it, your, um... it, it is. I'm, I'm basically running experiments with it. Like it's, it's much harder to, um, to forget about the fact that I've got diabetes. Right. You can't. Because right. before I just, I mean, I don't know what, what was going on because I just wasn't really thinking about it, but now I'm, I see it every you second of the day. You can be in denial. Yeah. And I can't be in denial now. And it, look, it's plugged into my watch as well. So I just got it right there uh, you know, anytime I want. Very nice. Yeah. So does it also have like the Fitbit things on your watch, like your heart rate and calories well, this burned is and steps? This is Fitbit. So oh, it's just a, a what? This is a Fitbit watch, but it, it plugs is? into this. Oh, it looks like the Apple Watch. This is Fitbit. Yeah, the Fitbit do a great. The Versa. It's a good. It's a good okay. watch. Okay, but it's it does cheap. look like the Apple Watch. Yeah, or the iWatch, right? Yeah, yeah. Does. Fancy. Okay, so you good. have everything. Yeah, and so so basically, Fitbit has a, has a watch face that plugs into the Dexcom. So it's the Dexcom continuous glucose monitor. So that has a sensor right there. Wow, um, and the sensor transmits via Bluetooth to the phone, wow. and then the phone syncs with the with the watch. So you can see on the watch face, I can see the same trends there. Okay, that's really cool. Yeah, that's really cool. And it's cool because you know the biggest reason why it's cool is because I can just see that you know I'm I'm not eating well, I'm not doing the right things, I'm not moving enough. Right. Um. So I you know I I I'm trying to get it down to um one fifty. Yeah. Um. But I'm not there yet. I'm running my experiments of eating different kinds See, of this ways. This is how things are really affected. Yeah. Because everybody's, everybody reacts a little differently to certain things, to different sensitivities. I mean, certain things are obviously bad. Some of you are obviously probably good, but you got to figure out where you are with some of that stuff. What can you, can, what can you get away with and what you well, can't do? Well, like, it's like, what eating plan should I be on? So that, you know, one of the prescribed eating plans for diabetics is basically sort of like Atkins. So just mm -hmm. basically no sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, Low carbs. Uh, low carbs, no sugar. And, I, and I've tried that and that has one effect. And then the other one is the mastering diabetes thing that I did. Remember I did that? The vegan Was it 800 one. calorie a day thing? No, it's it's just basically no fat. Um, essentially, well, they, they, they prescribe no fat vegan, zero fat yeah. vegan, you know, um, which is essentially the opposite of Atkins, which is like loads which of is fat. In, which is interesting <laughs> that they both work. Well, or it did work for different people. Well, I'm finding different responses on both of them. So that if I, I've done two weeks of the, of the Atkins and what I've, what I've seen is, is that my blood sugar stays very stable. But if I, if I have anything like, I don't know, like, let's say a 70% dark chocolate, because it's impossible to go okay. through. Okay. So if you break off it, so you're, it's really good when you're on it, but if you break off it, there's a, well, it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's really good. I'd just say it's stable. At what so, level? Well, at any level that I get to. So, so if you were, but I'm saying if you're strict on Atkins, what would your glu what glucose level be? Would you see? Um, it tends to be about, um, 200 ish, even though you're supposed to be at 150. I'm supposed to so be at still, 150. So it still doesn't get down. It's still, it's still not getting really low. It's still not getting down, but if I do something 
Well, that's that's a spam call right there. Let me just. How can I decline that? But if I do something like, I mean, I mean anything. Okay, let's let's take it away from chocolate and sweets. Let's take okay. it away from that. Let's just say I had the meal that you have in Pollo Loco, right? Okay. So I'm on I'm on that chicken and pinto beans. If I include the pinto beans, my blood sugar goes up to 300 and stays there for the rest of the day. Wow. Okay. okay. So that's what happens on that. Okay. If I've been doing the other one for five days. What happens there is if I have carbs, it goes up and comes down. Okay. Which is really weird. I don't know why that is. So in other words, if I have no fat and lots of carbs, I get lots of spikes, but my sort of line is lower. But if uh, I have lots of fat and low carbs, my line is higher. <laughs> okay, so let me just so so on the vegan one on the vegan one, your mastering diabetes one. What's your what's your baseline? Where's your baseline glucose? Did you say? Well, uh, the baseline is. As you said, around two hundred. I don't really have enough. I don't really have enough time. But uh, let me just see. Just take a that ba- let's call that the baseline there. Sure. So I can go there. That's one eighty five. One eighty. One ninety. That's kind of like the low, isn't it? One seventy. Yeah. So that's like the baseline, and then and then this was oatmeal here, and then it goes up to two eight seven. That spike. That's pretty high. You know. But it just does that over two hours, and then it goes back down to the. Is low. that a huge difference? Maybe a little bit better on. I mean, two hundred versus one eighty-five. Like this spikes a little bit less. Yeah, these spikes less. I think probably what it's like whichever one you can sustain. Yeah, and you feel are you more uh, a vegan person? You've always you're always I, been a I, fan I would, of veganism. I'm not actually experimenting with vegan yet. I'm experimenting with low fat, so I'm still oh. eating meat. I'm just going. I'm just doing. Um, so I, I, that's going to be my third test. Okay. So first test was like. Fully at full on Atkins. Second test is full on low fat, and third test is going to be full on low fat vegan. We'll see. Okay. Yeah. Well, good. You know, it's funny. I saw this watch. I, I think I sent it to to um, to uh, Phil a few weeks ago. It was about a watch that could. It was made by a company that makes medical devices, and it um, it uh, measured your continuous measure of your blood pressure. Oh, interesting. Which people yeah. in the Hacker News were like, I don't know, this seems unlike it could, could do that. But it was made by the manufacturer that makes the blood pressure ma- uh, machines Interesting. Yeah. at the doctor's office. And it seemed like it was, it, you know, but they had their own special watch. I'm like, you know, because blood pressure is obviously very important. Heart rate's important. Blood yeah. pressure's important. You know, it'd be nice. Or One day it will happen. All this stuff will integrate into one thing. It'd be so cool, yeah. Someone's going to own that. Yeah, because then you could just, you have all, because when, even when you go to a doctor's office and they take this stuff, it's just a snapshot, right? Your blood pressure vary, varies depending on the time of day, can vary depending on, you know, how well you slept, it can depend on a lot of things. And, um, you know, Phil got a heart rate, uh, blood pressure monitor because he, he went in and got twice, had high blood pressure. And they're like, and the guy, first time, you know, the guy's like, well, this is pretty high, we'll, we'll, we'll look at it again. And he came in again and it was like... Yeah, you need to get medication, and but Phil was like, "I'm gonna." He's like, he wanted to try and solve it. Yeah, doing that, exercise yeah. and a certain type of tea, and then it was like low salt, and there was like breathing, and he brought his like lower, to like it was like you know what was it one twenty over eighty yeah. or whatever. He got his down to like one ten over seventy. I mean, crazy by doing all these things. He was kind of experimenting with it, and so he had a machine, but he would he would test it because he bought one of the blood pressure machines. That he would test himself a few times a day, so he got to understand like how much impact did each one of these things have, and what he found is that it was sort of a net effect. 
like each one was good for seven points or 10 points. Like, did you do, did you cardio exercise? Yes, no. Did you get night's sleep? Yes, no. Did you do this? Yes, no. And, um, but it would be awesome if that was just in your watch, right? Right. And not so have it's just a machine. there all the time. Just, just yeah. like I look at my heart, I look at my, my, my resting heart rate. I look at, you know, how well I slept, you know, all that kind of stuff. What is your resting heart rate? 62. Nice. Which is not, that's not great. I mean, it's, it's good. I think it always says that my, 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 um, my fitness or whatever is like in the good, very good, but it's not excellent. Yeah. Mine, mine sort of, mine basically varies. Well, you have like, it varies abnormal, excellent and good. Well, you, I have, don't this, well, you have this abnormally low heart rate, <laughs> I don't rate, know right? why that but is. Even, though, even if you're not exercising in shape, you have like a heart rate of like 47 or It says or very 50. good right now. Well, what's your low heart rate? What's your... Um, it's usually, well, this week it's 56. Yeah, because you were talking with Phil and Phil about that, about how you like, you're, even though you don't exercise, your heart rate's just really low. It was 53 the week before. Yeah, that's really low. Yeah, so maybe I mean, it's actually, maybe it's like low to the point where it's going to be well, dangerous. I, I think for you, it's like a, you have a different baseline. For whatever reason, it's low heart rate, even if you're not in great shape, right? Right. I mean, because right. like you were out there swimming with, with Phil and he has a much higher low heart rate, but you were having, struggling with keeping up with him. Yeah, yeah, Because exactly. it's not, so, so you have it, to look at that a little differently yeah, because exactly. that's probably based off like a yeah. normal human. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not sure what you are. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. but a, a person who doesn't like do rigorous exercise does not typically have a resting heart rate around low 50s that is really i guess i'm a cyborg yeah you're something a cyborg mountain man yeah <laughs> that's right All so right. um you got something speaking of odd people yeah um i am now a grimes super fan oh grimes is just Holy. so cool i really really love so grimes. grimes is elon musk's girlfriend she's super smart and super to, and and, uh, and soon to be baby mama right yeah he's pregnant okay so i had you know you know I, you know you turn on google news and like you know there was like one or two articles about grimes and elon musk and i was like who is this grimes character you know like <laughs> she's i was because you so said you meant, we talked on the show one time and you're like yeah she's like this kind of indie electronic or something and i was like okay and i never and i think she actually we talked wait, about wait, she wait, bought wait. A, I, I didn't just say that i said, said she, you like her. i said she's really interesting like she's got a really interesting background yeah she's she's like a, like scientific and she she doesn't consider herself a musician yeah okay but. okay so well the first thing is also she bought a house in pasadena <laughs> yeah which was yeah. another uh just point of discussion and so anyway so i looked i, I was like okay so i, I go on youtube you could just kind of type in and just yeah. get like a and starts playing and the first time through, you're like, yes, it's pretty good. And the second time through, you're like, yeah, that's good. And the third time oh, through, music. Yeah, and the third time through, you're like, this is awesome. So Justin and I are now like <laughs> Grimes super fans. Like we get these big debates about like, is reality your best song? Reality is the best song. Or is it it's Flesh reality. Without Blood? <laughs> or is it Genesis? Or is Re it reality Killer versus is, Main? is literally a work of genius. Like when, w the more I listen to that, the more I realize, like it's so textured. It's so layered. There's very so many dense. different- Her stuff's very dense. I so many different aspects look, to it. It's, it's amazing music. I'm not going to argue with you that reality is not a great song because it is <laughs> but it's not clear that okay. it's better than like the ones i listed flesh without blood kill versus maim genesis but those are they are awesome she has she, about i mean six or seven of her songs are flat out awesome 12 of them are really really good yeah and about she has a solid 15 to 17 she has in terms of her body of work 
she can stand up to a lot of really I agree really lauded fan, uh, musicians I you know I'm not a musician so I can't talk about it from the technical aspect of it but I was just like you know because Justin Justin is a musician he he's like you like he's he's could play multiple instruments and did a lot of stuff and he's like he's talking to me a little bit about the technical aspects of it but he we i look at because we had it playing kind of it's like it's kind of like our background music she she is like she is like it, it's in my mind it's the way i think about it she's like the quentin tarantino of music yeah. like she doesn't just make one type of thing oh she sort of under she's got she a lot sort of understands and has studied many different types of music all the different genres and somehow creates this tapestry of music that is her own concept of I, all I'm that. I'm fascinated by so, 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 so let's give the yeah. listener a little background because I'm, I'm not, I'm not, also Grimes, an interesting I'm person. not a Grimes expert. Okay. Okay. I've, I've, <laughs> listened, I've listened to like 10 interviews on her. Cause yeah. you know, you're sitting there working. So you just like play stuff. Yeah. I, I like to have background stuff whenever I'm doing stuff that's not mentally taxing. Cause I think I probably have a little bit of ADHD. So it's like mm-hmm. in order to keep me from just going off and doing something in being unproductive, I have to play something that keeps my mind a little bit occupied yeah. while I'm doing the boring stuff. So she did not study music as a kid. She was in college and a friend said, hey, could you do backup vocals for me? I just need a girl's voice. You don't even have to sing though. I just need the, you know, and she's like, oh, I don't know. And she's like, oh, please. I just, and he's like, fine. So he does, she does it. That's the first thing she ever does. And then she sees like he's using some garage, garage band and she's like, oh, that's really neat. Can you show me how to use that? So she starts playing around with it and she starts making her own music. Yeah, she didn't take. She didn't grow up playing piano or learn guitar or anything like that. It's always been about the computer, computer <laughs> software. Oh, let me get the dogs out of here. Like the the computer software, the computer software is her instrument. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's she in in, in it's GarageBand, and then she she has like a keyboard and a few different things, but she just. Ableton Live now is what she uses. What's that? Ableton Live. That's a- the software that she uses now is oh, called Ableton Live. Ableton oh. Live, yeah. Yeah. So have you have you listened to her live stuff? I haven't listened to the live stuff now. Oh, free leave, we're gonna play a couple. Okay. Oh my god. Is it good? I mean look. Oh, in the four AE one that they she played at the uh, gamers thing? Well at she the was gamers a- convention. Right. Did you oh, s- She also introduced the Cybertruck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she, yeah. So she is She's a couple of things. When I describe her, she's like a combination between like Gwen Stefani meets Daft Punk meets Enya, you know, meets Marilyn Manson or something. Right. I mean, so she's she's a bit of performance artist, right? Yeah. She um so she's her own producer. Yeah. Nobody produces her music. She writes her music. She doesn't master her music. That's the only thing she doesn't do. But she writes it. Yeah. She creates it. She produces it. She directs her own videos. She does a lot of the envisioning, like what's the makeup and the then the special because all her 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 videos are bizarre, <laughs> and they are but they're great. They're really crazy. They're crazy, and there's this whole lore background for all the characters and stuff. And she's completely self-made. She's fascinating. Like she didn't like you know how she she started out in like the doing these like warehouse district. They have these kind of warehouse uh, you know um, you know kind of like after midnight. You know they. You know they 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 you play in in Montreal like she just she she that's where she started you know she was a um so she was in college and I think it was Quebec or Montreal and um in in Quebec and she was like a neuroscience major but then she dropped out to do this you you more of a Grimes fan than I am oh dude I tell you I know everything like I, I, I know everything I mean Justin and I we're now super fans I'm like she's awesome I mean we just like. 
I mean, it's just like, I, I mean, we jokingly have big arguments about what the best song is. It's like, is it better live? Is it better? But I'm, I, I it, but it's like a lot of the things, like the first time you listen, it's different enough that it can take you a little time to adapt. Yeah. You have to listen to these things three or four times before you kind of really get it. You know, it's like when you watch the, the you know, Arrested Development, like you don't get the joke for the first few episodes. You're like, this is weird. And then all of a sudden it's the funniest thing you've ever heard, seen. But, you know, the lyrics for reality are also just really, really poignant and really sort of just just like they, they get you. If you really listen to the words, it's just, it's I'm just not clever. Deba- I'm not going to debate you. It's just clever. I think I think I'm not going to debate you on that. I, anyway. I, I think it's great, but I'm not saying I, I'm not I'm not willing to say it's a, a ju- just as guy's sake. The intern, he'll he's with you. He's on board. Yeah, I think it's her. But imagine it's, it's her. It's her. Ver- it's her like imagine. Yeah. That's my opinion. She's she's awesome, but the fact that she's completely self-made, mm-hmm. that she didn't ask anyone's permission, that she didn't have, she just did everything herself. It's just it's a great story. Yeah, yeah. She's she's a fascinating character. You know how you know how they met? Yeah, yeah. It was a it was a it was a um. They both he made a joke about. So do you know do you know what the joke is about? It's a math joke, right? No. So um, there is a um. Oh God, I can't remember. It was like called Rocco something. So there was this. This is an idea um, that someone did on Less Wrong. They had this. Uh, that someone posted, and um, it was. Hey, look up the name of the joke real quick, just so I can. I'm saying it right. Let's pause this. For a second. How do I do that? What do I search? Just type in um, uh, a Grimes Elon Musk joke. Roco something. Just type in Roco. Grimes Roco R O C. Roco's basilisk. Basilisk. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so, um, Roco's basilisk. So, so Roco is a. It was like a username handle on Less Wrong, and this idea of the basilisk was this. Like, if we had a, if we had a uh, an art, future artificial intelligence that we came up who's um whose prime directive was, you know, perfecting life for humans or something like that, right? And if it felt like anything that prevented that was effectively evil, then you knowing about that and then not doing anything to to help that come into reality would therefore punish you, right? Like something like it was sort of this vindictive, backwards looking, super intelligent AI or something. Okay. And, um, and it was called, uh, Ro- it's known as Rocco's or Rocco's Basilisk. And, um, and uh, uh, Elon Musk said, was making a joke on Twitter, calling it like Rococo or something, which is, uh, I can't remember, I'm probably saying it wrong, which is like a type of, um, overly ornate or baroque um sort of um type of style of design i think right. it's like in the 1700s or something like that in france or italy or something and um and so he was calling it and, and but this whole idea is like really ornate and overly you know uh complex and so he was calling it like what a rococo's basilisk and he made that joke and someone said oh you know, Grimes already made that joke three years ago. She's a character in one of her videos called Rococo Basilisk. 
Right. So she has a whole video about it, <laughs> about like this, these different characters. They have to go back in time to kill this Marie Antoinette, which is actually Rococo, you know, Coco Vasquez, to kill her so that she doesn't keep this big, this thing into to being or something like that. I don't know what it is. Yeah. So yeah, it's just pretty like. So then he was like, "Wait, wait, who's this? I want, I want to know more." To about even her. be fascinated with a with an idea like that, to be thinking about that, and then to make and to have enough knowledge about just general things like you know, that type of dis- architecture yeah. and also about suit artificial intelligent AI. I mean, he's going to be like, oh, wow, this person's going to be super interesting, you know, which she is. So, um, yeah. Well, it's funny because I guess he was on Twitter and he kind of, he kind of somehow DM'd her or did something on, or, 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 you know, tagged her on Twitter or something with it. And, and it was, it was kind of like was almost flirting a little back and forth. So it was like, dude, just, we just ask her out already. <laughs> just ask her out. <laughs> I guess you did. That was funny. Like the, but uh, yeah, she's awesome. she's a fascinating character for sure. And I guess her new her new album is coming out. Miss, um, anthropine or anthrop- <laughs> anthropropine. I can't even say it. It's coming out in like a couple weeks. Okay. Yeah. Grimes. Grimes, I'm a super fan. Well, I remember you mentioned it. Yeah. Yeah. Where's my dog? What is wrong, Maisie? Chill out. Jesus. So what do we got? We got about 50 more minutes? Yeah. So you you were ahead of the curve on Elon and I was ahead of the curve on Grimes. You were? How did you know about her? What what brought her to your attention? I just, uh, it, it, it was because she... It came off my newsfeed. Grimes oh, dating oh, you Elon had Musk. you didn't like because she's been around since about two thousand ten. Yeah, no, I, I just heard about her because of dating Elon Musk, which came in my newsfeed, mm-hmm. and then I thought, wow, I really want to like. She looks really interesting, so I started investigating her, listening to the music, which I thought was awesome. Um, yeah, so same yeah. story as yours, but just earlier. Yeah, yeah, it's good, good stuff. Um, what else? What else? What do you got going on? Uh, okay, so. I've got a strategy which might be kind of crazy about the way I'm going to move forward with my personal entrepreneurial stuff. Mm-hmm. So Nugget needs some... Okay, so let's just talk about revenue. Justin, Justin's need of some revenue. Yeah, yeah. cash flow. I, I would kind of like some flywheel revenue is what I've been thinking about. <laughs> and um, <laughs> What is it that you've always been thinking about? It's well, like, it's what I've always been thinking about. But, you know, like Nugget... So I've sort of been looking at Nugget speak and their potential for flywheel revenue. Mm-hmm. And they both have issues. Mm-hmm. Um, the issue with Nugget is that a learning platform doesn't really create flywheel revenue. It's a kind of catch and release type concept. You gather a list and then you say, okay, we're just doing this now, you know, we're releasing mm-hmm. this now and you make a decent amount of money. So if you look at Nugget, it's like flat, 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 10,000, flat, 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 10,000. But that's work and that's kind of annoying and just not a great... Not, not, so you could have made 10,000 just... It's not what I want. Just doing some extra work. It's not what I wanted. It's not the way I want revenue to come in. So, and Nugget's also a little bit, you know, on hold and I'm not 100% clear about the course. Like, there's some improvements that I need to do. Specifically, progressive rendering is, I think I want to refactor the course so that it works in a progressive rendering way, just like you just described for your your system. Because right now it's just detailed the whole way through. Yeah. So I think think we need to do a blurred version Slightly less blurred version, more detailed version. Well, I think it'd yeah. be called like a, a yeah, yeah, exactly, a resolution, increasing yeah, resolution, increasing yeah. resolution. So that that sort of needs some attention. Then speak. I spoke to a lot of customers. I sort of know where it needs to go, but it is a completely new concept. The idea that I had, where I was just going to create lots of different um, demos for it, I've realized. 
that is not a fast path to um, recur- like flywheel revenue. Okay. So I've been wondering about a product, a new product that is neither of those two that um, would get me to some flywheel revenue. Um, something else that Mark brought up, which is on on the, the other podcast, because he's listened to all of texting episodes, uh-huh. and he brought up that James Alter just said in in the texting podcast a, a great piece of wisdom, which is do one thing really well, or do ten things that help each other. Okay. So I think that's maybe the direction that I'm going in: ten things that help each other. Wow. So I've sort of, <laughs> but not ten things, just okay. three things. Okay. So um, I have a new direction. I've um, asked some people, and this, the essentially. I sort of have been doing the nugget process and looking at trying to come up with ideas and things for me to work on. So I've been looking at my whole life and what itches could I scratch that could be a product potentially for other people. And I realized the one weakness that I find in my process is the big ass text file. And it's (laughs) so funny because on Hacker News today, like on the front page, number two right now is um, this, and I think this might be a sign um, is literally my productivity app for the past 12 years has been a single dot text file. That is the front page of Hacker News. It's a, they say it again one more time. You're what? My, my productivity app for the past 12 years has been a big ass text, text file. file. Yeah. yeah. That's what someone's saying. That's number one. It's 290 points right this very second. Yeah. Which is, which is like very. That's what I use. I it's use very serendipitous. So I think, um, I th- and, and they're basically saying that's perfect. They've got a they've got a system with it. They've got a system, but I I do find that it's a little bit lacking. In um, I just think it could be improved. And the way, the reason why I think it can be improved is because like there's there's different theories about even just what should you be working on at the moment. Like how do you sort of pick a task? Like do you follow the just do one thing theory, which is like do one thing every day that's going to have the most impact on your life, or do you try and knock off some mundane tasks like do some housework. Now, I know you don't do that, so this doesn't apply to you. <laughs> right, okay. But for me, like, I've got to do things like clean out the cupboard, take out the trash, you know, all this, all the, all the sort of different tasks that there are. So there's big tasks, there's little tasks, there's in-between tasks, there's stuff for your work, there's stuff for your personal life. And what I, the issue that I find with the big-ass text file is it's just a big, long list, but it doesn't really help me quantify how to manage that list. You know, I just sort of sit down and I just sort of I've got the ADD thing as well, you know. I just sort of sit down and I do whatever I kind of want to do at that one time. And I don't really learn anything and I don't really have any metrics about what I've done. So I'm just I'm just investigating this as, a, as an area. Yeah, I, I've had this, uh, you know, it's funny because I've had this idea of this to-do list uh, app that I've wanted to build for years. Yeah. I don't have time to do it. But where it would have like, um, you basically, I mean, there's nothing really complicated about it but it would it would be sort of like a single page drag and drop whatever but you'd have and would be color coded but you'd have um tasks would be assigned like a category right but they'd also have a a, a sign like a priority do today tomorrow eventually whatever and so you could say i could look at today's stuff and i which which might be a combination of oh here's you know 
Write notes for a pod, you know, podcast. Yeah. Write notes. It's, you know, think for the crypto trading. It's thing that, so I have a whole bunch of things. And then or I could just say, look at crypto. It's just trading all those things ordered by, and then I could click on it. And then it would have like on the left pane and the right pane. And the left pane would be like the list of items. I mean, the right pane you click on it would be like the details, the notes on it. See, that's what I love about this. Like this, this according to Nugget philosophy, the, what I teach mm-hmm. is... Um, this is great for me because it's a it's a tool, right, that other people can use, like Plugio was, but it's also a huge market that I only need a tiny a tiny amount of people yeah. to see the world the way that I see it. Mm-hmm. So if I come up with uh, an idea that I think would work for me and help me, just remember remember at the very first episode we started talking about Twitter, and then I started wanting to promote the show on Twitter, and I, it was like a pain in the ass, and then that was why I wrote the script. Well, this is something like that. So basically, it'll just be something where I work on it for myself to help myself manage my tasks. Why don't you just build it for me? Well, because you're not going to agree with my... <laughs> you're, you are definitely not going to agree with my, my ideas and theories. Well, how is yours different from what, I'm just, what I just described? What would be different about it? Uh, well, let me just show you a quick, mm. a quick mock-up. Yeah, you got to tell me. You, don't, you gotta describe it. This, this I is, can't. This is I'm, not, I'm not there yet. Well, just I'm, describe it as the as you would. We're in the elevator. How would you describe it? What does it do? Let me just look at the mock-up. Oh, come on. I've got to look at it in my own mind. It, because it's it's, it's bad radio. It, nobody it, wants to, nobody it's wants that emergent. Sense. It's yeah. emergent. I know it's emergent. So do you have? I think our 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 tasks tagged by category. Do you have like okay. labels or not? No. What? It doesn't matter that it's. Don't bad you ra- want to see? Don't would you want to be able to see all the tasks have to do with speak? All the tasks have to do with nugget? All the tasks no. have to do? No. Why? I don't, I don't want that. Why? Because it should. Because it should by default be bringing tasks to your attention that are the right kind of tasks for you to be working on. Yeah, you, you, know, you could, like a default view could be like what's due today or what's due this week. But you also want to say like, I just want to see all the things to do with it's one not thing. About, th- this thing that I'm building is not about what's due today or what's due this week. It's about what are you doing right now? What does that have to do with anything? A to-do list is about things that you need not to do, to- not things that, oh, this is what you're doing. Like, I know what I'm doing. It's I need not, to know what I need to do. It's not a to-do list. It's more like a, I mean, is... Do you know that you can see the difference between like a big ass text file and um, a to do list? Well, yeah, yeah. So what you could do is not it, it, things can be different kind. It could be a, it could be look, it could be a tasks or okay. it could be a note, like well, a, a piece of information. It's it's it's, it's none of those things. I'm just going to have to show you. Well, well, Justin, you're just wrong. I mean, okay, okay, you got to you got to do what I'm telling okay, you. Okay, so so this so <laughs> what I want is I want to every time I open the browser uh-huh. the homepage I want the app to be there. So it's the new it's the new homepage of a Chrome browser every Fine. time. Okay, sure. and so then I want I want a text file to be able to work in on what I'm doing right now. So mm-hmm. I essentially want an area of text so that I can type that in. I want to know what the main thing that I'm working on at any one time is, and if I add like links and stuff uh, of images, I want that to come up. So I want it, that scratch. You're saying, you're saying browse by ta- 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 by static. What does that mean? Okay, so th- this is the point that I'm I'm trying to. This is the problem that I'm trying to solve, is that. Um, I've got big things that I need to do that are going to change my life. And I've got small things that I need to do. And I'm in a different frame of mind. So for example, you know, in the morning, I might be really into coding, but and I sit down to work and I'm really into coding. So then I want to be able to click a link and go, uh, click a link and go right frame of mind. And it's going to bring up the things okay, okay. that are just about coding. You know, this, if I click this, then it, it ranks them by just one thing. So I want to be able to shove in a hundred tasks. And anytime I sit down to work, I just go by these different these different strategies. So structured procrastination, that's going to bring up two things that are really painful, but one thing that's slightly less painful. 
because that's yeah. the way structural procrastination works you know so well okay i get you, it I, I get it I, yeah I, I mean i think that's that's that that is that is i'm not sure the strategy <laughs> stuff is that important but what's important is you need to be able to see all the things that are relevant to a certain um project right you know it's like hey we're buying the house what are all the stuff we have to do Right? I need a list of all the things related to the house. Oh, we need this. Got to do this. Got to do this. Got to do this. Oh, you know, true space. Oh, I got to make this phone call. I got to do this. I mean, you just, you, I think you need to be able to have like a perspective so you can see all the things that are related to a certain larger thing you're trying to accomplish. That's interesting. Yeah. I haven't, I mean, that's not what I'm trying to tackle. And it's what I, have, I haven't thought about that yet. So that is like, it's completely emergent as a concept. Um, and, Really, I'm just exploring this idea of a, pro a personal productivity app, and I'm talking to different people about, you know, about how that might. Look. Who are you talking to about it? Just people on, you know, on on Nugget, like different mm -hmm. different people. But the, but anyway, just just going back to just forget about the specifics of the execution. Mm -hmm. Just the, the the strategy. What I'm thinking is that would be a good thing to build because it's a test case for Nugget because I follow the Nugget process mm -hmm. and. The onboarding I do with Speak, so it's like a first version of Speak's fully integrated into an app, so that people can see the onboarding. Okay. So therefore, it's three things helping each other. Okay. And it's also a very low price point, which is great because low price points are flywheel revenue. Because when people sign up to some a plan that's like five bucks a month or seven bucks a month, they usually stay subscribed for a long time if they like it. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know if I'm a fan of the do three things as much because I believe me, I do multiple things. I'm gonna tell you, it's yeah. it's, it's it's sort of like um, it's hard. I I don't. Know, but you, you if you feel like you gotta need to do it, do it. I, but I think if but I do like the idea of building a really beautiful, simple app that's um that has a wide audience. I think it, it'll take a few years probably to get up to well, real well, or a couple so, years to get to really single oh, yeah, revenue. That's exactly, but yeah, yeah. But if you build something that's not too idiosyncratic. You know, that's not too weird that, you well, know, could work. The thing is, I don't exactly need to, I kind of, in a way, would just be doing one thing because I don't really need to do any more work on Nugget until I know exactly what I need to do. Mm -hmm. I don't really need to do any more work on Speak because, okay. it, you know, it's it, they're just sort of if like... They, they will work for what you're They're doing. on hold. They'll help this. Then I can just focus on this is what I'm thinking. And it's a sim it, it, it fits all the markers that, that Nugget suggests. Okay. You know, like you just said. Yeah. Well. Um. Yeah. Well, I would. I would. Um. You know, I test the idea with the mock-ups before you build anything. Yeah, for sure. Don't. Oh no, know. no, no! I'm going to do the nugget pro. So basically, mm -hmm. what I'm going to do is I'm going to come up with a thesis. I'm going to do mock-ups. <clears throat> I'm going to, and the way that I'm going to come up with a thesis is with talking to people like you and, and other people. But you'd never buy a productivity app, so you're totally not the target. That's audience. not true. If it, if somebody did what I want to do, what I'm describing, I'd pay a monthly fee for it. Okay, that's good to know. I would, but it's it's got to yeah. do what I want to and do. And I know that you're good for the money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so then what I'll do is I'll I'll put together a landing page and then I'll put it on beta list and then I'll get an, I'll get a list of people and then I will speak to them and then I will refine the product and then I will build the product and then I will pre-sell the product and then I will release yeah, the product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that would be the plan. And I just think that that's a much easier product to focus on than speak because it's a known quantity. Speak is so unknown. Well, it's yeah. You're well. You're you have to educate people. This is something tech. you want. Everybody yeah. to do list or not? People say yet another to do list app. Yeah. It's like okay, yeah, but this is one that's done right. Yeah, exactly. You know? yeah. I mean, I, you definitely have the design chops. You definitely have the product chops. Yeah. To do it, um, I, I think what the what 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 will be really in question is the things you have to develop is can you find the right 
approach to it that's going to appeal to the uh, um, a large enough segment of people. Like you don't make it so idiosyncratic that there's like you know yeah. nobody wants to use it other than you and seven people. Because for me, one. it's not about what you just described. For me, what like I don't have that issue where I need like hundred tasks categorized in a certain category. What I need is help deciding how to use my now moment. Well, that's fine. They're, they're, these things work together. Yeah. Okay. You you need to be able to look and say all the things to do with speak. You just, it's just a it's just like a it's like a tab or like a you know like a a, a link. You click on a a, a little menu menu item to the left and it says speak and you click speak. It shows all the items. This, but that's yeah. not to be default. You could be you know things you do today, just one thing. It's true. Yeah. So it's that's just, just another way. So basically, so I've got this concept of what you're working on now. That's, yeah. that's the one. Fine. Then I've got a concept of what's in your sites. So those are essentially the ones that you've picked. That's that you're fine. And do. each one is like color coded. It has like a little like tag that says, you know, nugget, true space, true space, speak, you know, house stuff, whatever. And if you click on that, it'll just show all that stuff for whatever mm -hmm. reason. But you can quickly go and go, oh, geez, I, I got to change yeah. this. Is because that can make sense. They're all related to each other. But yeah, your default thing might just be like, hey, I really like to just look at what's what I'm doing today and you know, just one thing, what I'm doing next. But every once in a while, you, in order to get a, uh, your mind around all the stuff that has to happen to make progress on something, you need to be able to see all things together. But I would also, what I would do in addition to tasks is I would be able to have notes. Yeah, notes. That, that's Links what I just showed notes. you. So yeah, so it's not just, it's, and, and it's like, maybe if it's a circle, if it's a task, it's a you know little icon, it's a square if it's a node, it's a triangle if it's a link or something. So you can just kind of click it. So it's like, it has all that stuff. Right, yeah. And it's none of this stuff is super complicated, you know. I mean, that's stuff. Yeah, you that's can build. that's what I like about it. It's 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 buildable by one person, you know. It's buildable and scalable. I'd pay, by one person. you know, I'd pay three to nine bucks a month, ten bucks a month I, for something I'm, I'm that it was really like, slick and really worked well. I worked thinking, on my phone and worked on um on my desktop. Yeah. I could just look at it and it sent me notifications and stuff. Yeah, reminders. Yeah. I so, did. yeah, I think like five, I think I was thinking, I mean, seven bucks a month if you pay monthly or five bucks a month if you pay in a year. Because, you know, there's, there's things like, um, you know, like um, Evernote, which were like, you know, kind of do stuff like, but, but it tries to do way too much, like an overcooked cam. Right. It's like, you just be like, don't get sucked into this, you know, 5,000 features, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. we should wrap it up. You're going to get picked up. Yep. In... One minute ago? Probably. Yeah. Pretty soon. <laughs> All right. Well, that's, you want to call the show? Yep. All right. That's a wrap. We're out. <laughs> <laughs>